Well, let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, Lord God, thank you again for another day of life, God. It's in your word where we're told that it's in you that we live and move and have our being. And apart from you, Lord, we can do nothing, Lord. And we we know that we need you, Lord, even as we go through each and every day and we tend to look at things in the physical sense with our carnal minds we evaluate things and you know with our five senses and such we live this life lord but but lord you call us to something deeper and that is to a walk with you to a spiritual walk with you to have our spiritual eyes fixed on you lord you are the author and the finisher of our faith god it begins with you it will end with you lord Someday we will all see you face to face and bow our knee unto you, Lord. So, Lord, we give you thanks for the opportunity to come and to look at your word, Lord. And to Your word is spirit. Your word is truth, Lord. And we pray that your word will work within our hearts as only your word can this morning, Lord. Let your will be done in our lives, Lord. This is just a small period of time where we as believers in your name just... Take a short period of time and gather together and, and look into your word, Lord. But it's the rest of the week and all the other hours that lie ahead this coming week, Lord, where we need your guidance and your strength by your spirit. So renew us in the spirit of our minds. Let your will be done in our lives, I pray again in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's open our Bibles up today to Psalm 33. Psalm chapter 3. 33. I actually have a short little teaching today, and we're just going to skip around through a few different scriptures. So in Psalm 33 and verse 1, it says, Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous, for praise from the upright is beautiful. Now, I'd like to just take a few moments and dissect verse 1 here with you this morning. First of all, we see here the word rejoice. This is a Hebrew word, ranan, and it simply means to cry out. Renan actually is probably the better way to pronounce it, but it means to, to cry out when you see that word rejoice there. So it's saying, cry out to the Lord, O you righteous. The word righteous there is the Hebrew word uh, that is pronounced as sadiq. And this is a word that speaks of a person that is uh, a just person, um, that is an upright person. Of course, we know today, as those that have been born again of the Spirit, that we are just, we are upright, only because of Jesus Christ, only because of the finished work of Jesus Christ. That is, through faith in Jesus, we know that we've been made righteous because Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He was buried and He rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and will someday in like manner return again. And of course, we know from scriptures that we will ever be with him. But again, we are only righteous because of him and through 
our faith in Him. So this psalm here instructs those that have been made righteous through faith in Jesus Christ to rejoice, that is to cry out to the Lord. Now the verse goes on there to say, for praise from the upright is beautiful. So that verse there equates our crying out with praise, right? So, so we see the word rejoice in this verse, which again means to cry out, and we see the word praise in this verse, which in the original Hebrew is the word tehillah, and it means to show adoration and to give thanks. So that's what it means to praise the Lord, to show adoration and to give thanks. Oftentimes we kind of get caught up in, and it's not a bad thing, don't get me wrong, but we get caught up in our songs today and such that say praise the Lord and we sing out praise the Lord. But there's actual, actually an action to praise in Lord where, we, where, where we're showing adoration and giving thanks to the Lord. This is how we praise the Lord. You know, if someone were to do something for you and you know, you don't even mention what they did. You just said, oh, praise you, praise you, praise you for that. And they'll be like, well, what did I do? But if we say, thank you for doing that, this, that, whatever it was for me, it's more specific. So when we praise the Lord and when we cry out to the Lord, this is an act of worship and it's called beautiful here. It's called beautiful in the word of God. So just think of this concept from a very practical day-to-day standpoint as it relates to human relationships, right? You know, I meet you on the street or in the marketplace and I say, hey, how are you? You're looking great. It's, It's so good to see you and such. I've missed you. You're such a good friend to me. Let's get together more often. This kind of thing, right? It's beautiful. That kind of thing is nice. That kind of thing makes people feel good about each other, right? makes a a person feel really good for hearing those kinds of words out of the mouth of another person. Now, of course, this psalm is instructing us in how we are to give praise and thanks to the Lord. And of course, He is indeed worthy of all of our praise and adoration. But when it comes to the way we as those, you know, that profess the name of Jesus, we, we should be known for words of kindness, right? Words of love toward each other in the way that we even speak with each other in our daily relationships with people. Go ahead and turn for a moment to the New Testament book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. So you have Galatians, Ephesians, and then Philippians. And looking down at verse 32 of Ephesians chapter 4, it says, And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ forgave you. So this verse directs our attention to the fact that we first of all, have been forgiven by God in Jesus Christ, which is reason for us to cry out 
to God in praise, right, and adoration, and to give thanks to God. That's just one reason in and of itself. But this verse also instructs us in how we are to behave toward one another, right, to be kind, tender-hearted, and forgiving. This, too, is beautiful, right? To be kind, of course, means to be warm, gentle, considerate, understanding, selfless, compassionate, compassionate, and hospitable. These are some words that are used in the dictionary to describe the word kind, right? Gentle, considerate, understanding, selfless, compassionate, not selfish if I said that, selfless, <laughs> compassionate, and hospitable, okay? To be tender-hearted is a word that means to be loving and to be charitable, giving that is, right? Not in the sense of giving material things, though it can include that as well, but this word speaks of uh, more of showing great concern. That's what this uh, Greek word means, uh, tender-hearted here. It means to show great concern for others. Again, when I uh, see you out and about in the streets and we pass each other in the streets and we speak out words of concern to one another for our well-being and we express the fact that we, we care about one another, we're concerned about one another, there's something beautiful about that. This is the way God wants us to praise Him, but it's also the way that God wants us to act toward one another as well. Go ahead and turn with me now to the New Testament book again, staying here in the New Testament, but we'll turn to 2 Peter, toward the back of your Bible, 2 Peter chapter 1. Second Peter chapter 1. And looking down at verse 5, beginning in verse 5, it says, But also, for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. To virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. Now, I won't get into all the details of verse 5 and 6 there, but I do want to stress with you what is being said there in verse 7. Just know that, you know, if you are a person that professes faith in Jesus Christ, then, then we are to be very diligent. It's something that we should strive to do. It's something that we should seek to do in our daily lives to be adding to our faith. Not just simply saying, I am a person of faith. Just like, just like we can't simply say, well, praise you, Lord. Again, nothing wrong with saying, well, praise you, Lord. But we also can get specific in how we praise the Lord by giving thanks and showing adoration to Him for the things He has done in our lives. But also, as believers in Jesus Christ, we are to be adding things to our faith. Not just coming to faith and then having a dead faith, but actually having an active faith that is a growing faith and a maturing faith, right? Things we see here, such as being a virtuous person, 
right, uh, that is increasing in our knowledge of Jesus Christ. The more we grow in the grace and in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, the more we understand how He is, how He was when He walked the earth, how He portrays for us to be in His Word. The more we grow in our knowledge of that, well, then there's a responsibility that comes with that as well, that we begin to live that way. And where we become people that show self-control and we persevere like we see there and we diligently increase in godliness. But brotherly kindness and love is kind of what I'm directing our attention to here this morning. Brotherly kindness is the way that we act toward each other in the body of Christ. Again, we are to be known for this kind of thing because of the fact that we profess faith in Jesus Christ. What is a person called that professes Jesus Christ, but yet doesn't live like it? The world calls us, or those people, hypocrites, right? Again, I said earlier, to be kind means to be warm, gentle, considerate, understanding, selfless, compassionate, and hospitable. So we're to have brotherly kindness. And this is the way that we're to act toward one another. Um, if you're out in the world or you're in the marketplace or you're in your place of, of employment, is this how other people observe your character? Right? To, you know, do they see you as gentle, considerate, warm, and compassionate? Now, truth be told, right, you can behave this way in public and still be treated poorly in return, right? No one guarantees that you're going to be treated the same way backed, right, right, from someone else. But that gives us no excuse for those of us that are in Christ to behave poorly. We're still supposed to be like Christ. That's what a Christian is, people that are like Christ. We must learn to pay attention to circumstances where people are be behaving poorly and then we avoid those circumstances and we avoid those situations. The Bible says to note those who, you know, cause division and avoid them, right? But we ourselves need to be people of God, people of Christ, where people see Christ in us, right? And if we are confronted with direct hostility for some unprovoked reason, then there are plenty of scriptures like Proverbs 15.1, for example, that says, you know, uh, a soft word turns away wrath. You know, we can handle situations in that way and we can simply walk away. But again, getting back on track here, we are to be people of praise, we see. People that are kind and loving people. And to brotherly kindness here, we see that we are to add that. We're to add love. That word in the Greek is the word agape, that word love there. Uh, this is more than just brotherly kindness. Because agape love speaks of uh, charity, benevolence, and goodwill, right? And it has no conditions placed upon it. This is a kind of love that we give to others simply for the sake of, live, of giving, excuse me. And this is God's kind of love, right? God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. God loved the world in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It's an agape love that God loves us with. And it's an agape love 
that God wants us ultimately to get to. He ultimately wants us striving and seeking to live in that kind of love, right? Not a love where it's about what you get back or what, you know, but it's a, it's a love that's about what you give. So you see, if we profess faith in the Lord, Again, that is we profess that we are born again Christians, right? We've been born again as the Lord instructed us to be. Then we are proclaiming that we have the Spirit of the Lord within us. Because to be born again means to be born again of the Spirit of God. So we have the Spirit of the Lord within us. So then what should our lives look like as a result of that? Well, go ahead and turn now to Galatians chapter 5. So back to the left from Peter, Galatians chapter 5. And let's look down here in chapter 5 at verse 22. So again, I pose the question, what does it look like? When, if we're born of the Spirit of God, if we have the Spirit of the Lord within us, Galatians 5.22, familiar verses. Uh, sometimes, though, I think familiar verses can, uh, can trip us up because they become too familiar, and familiarity breeds contempt often. We don't end up living out that which is so familiar to us. You know, And in verse 22 of chapter 5 of Galatians, but the fruit of the Spirit is love joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, right? And then at the start of verse 23 there, it adds gentleness, self-control. So then, if we then indeed are people that are born of the Spirit, then these are the things that are produced within us. We then are to behave or to live in a manner that displays these attributes of the Spirit. We see again a couple of words there that we've already mentioned here this morning, like love and kindness and gentleness and self-control. But we also see additional words there like joy, peace, long-suffering, and faithfulness. See, how much diligence do we apply on a daily basis in our lives to make sure that we abound in these things. You know, we didn't read it when I had you in Second Peter just a moment ago. We didn't read it. But after speaking of uh, kindness and love, Peter says in, in verse 8 that if these things are yours, in other words, right, if you possess these characteristics in your life, and if these things abound in you, he said, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So that is a, a litmus test, if you will, that indicates whether you truly are living like you have the knowledge of Jesus Christ. If you are, then you are abounding in these type of things that we're looking at and these words we're studying this morning. We're abounding in kindness. We're abounding in love. And it's beautiful when we live in such a manner, just as it is beautiful to speak words of praise toward our Lord God. 
And not only does God, like I said, want us to be people that praise Him, people that express our love and adoration toward Him, but He also wants us to be that way toward one another, to be known for this kind of thing. For when we are known for this, then we are known for knowing Christ. People will see Christ in us, and they'll know that Christ is in us, because of these type of things, right? And our manner, in our, the, the way we live our lives will give glory to Him. So each and every day of life, we have choices to make. The first choice um, to make is a, is a choice that was expressed in the Old Testament by a man named Joshua. And I'm going to go ahead and have you turn there. I want you to find the Old Testament book, of Joshua chapter 24. Joshua chapter So again, we we have choices to make. Life is about choices. Each and every day we get up, it's about choices. And really, uh, how we live our lives in the Lord is is about the choices we make. And what I want to point out is that it's important. There's, There's a first choice that people must make in their lives, though. And if we look down at verse 14 of uh, Joshua 24, verse 14, it says, Now therefore... Fear the Lord, serve Him in sincerity and in truth. Now, I could stop right here. We could go home today and we can meditate on this for a while. Fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and truth. As a matter of fact, all these scriptures we're going over today are scriptures that we should be meditating on and considering in our lives, whether we're living them or not. But this, this is big here, right? Fear the Lord. Serve Him in sincerity and truth, right? And it says, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord, exclamation point, right? So put away these gods, serve the Lord. And, right, that word um, evil there, right? Let me, let me read on. If it seems evil to you, okay? Serve the Lord. Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Did I just skip some verses? Okay, I have them in my notes here. I'm not looking at it in the scripture. So if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That word evil up there, I was, what I was going to say, was it simply means bad or displeasing. So if it seems bad or displeasing to you for some reason to serve the Lord, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. But Joshua says there, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So that's the first and the most important choice that a person makes in this life. 
Will you follow in the ways of all the world? Maybe in the ways of your family members, the way you were raised up before you came to Christ? Or, you know, uh, will you follow in that way? Or will you choose this day to serve the Lord? But there are other choices we make each and every day. That is the, the choices we make as to how we will live this life here on this earth, right? Will it be evident that we have the knowledge of the Lord? Will the fruits of the Spirit be evident in our lives? Are we a people of praise, loving, kind, good, joyful, peaceful, gentle, faithful, long-suffering, and self-controlled people, right? This, too, is a choice that we have to make because there's opposition to living this way. Every single day of life when we wake up, we're, pre- we're presented with an opposition to, to live that kind of way. And that, that, that thing that opposes us is our carnal nature, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, all of these things that are in the world that want to distract us and, and have us not focused on the Lord, right? We get set in a certain way of living and we say, well, this is just the way I am. It's the way I've always been. It's the way I'm going to be, right? And I'm not going to change for anyone, right? If this is, a, if this is the case, then you need to do Christianity a favor and don't profess faith in Jesus Christ, right? Because I'll show you another passage of Scripture right now in 2 Timothy chapter 2. Go ahead and find that, 2 Timothy chapter 2. Second Timothy chapter 2, and we'll look down at verse 24 where it says, And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient. Now, there's more to be said here, but I want to focus you simply on the facts of verse 24 here. We, again, as those who profess faith in Jesus Christ, along with all the other characteristics that we've looked at this morning, all the other words we've seen, we are also to not be quarrelsome people, but rather be so entrenched in the Spirit of the Lord that we become able to patiently teach others these things as well. So there's a growth process when you come to the Lord. Again, we add things to our faith. It's not just simply coming to faith. We add things to our faith and we're diligent to seek these things in our lives and to go after all of these things we've talked about here this morning. And then we get to a place where we're, we're patiently teaching it to others around us, right? Now, Verse 25, why would we do that? Why would we patiently teach it to others? Verse 25 continues and says, In humility, correcting those who are in opposition. Right? If God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth. 
and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. So you see, throughout the scriptures, there is a contrast between those that truly walk in Christ and those that do not. The ones that do give diligence to walk in all the characteristics of these things we're looking at here this morning. Right? And the ones that don't walk in that way need to be taught in those ways so that they too can, as it says here, come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil. Because at one time we all walked in the ways of our own flesh and were in the snare of the devil, not really caring about the things of God, not really caring about all these things we're looking at this morning, the fruit of the Spirit, not even caring about brotherly kindness maybe or this, that, or the other thing. You know, the good things that God has in His Word, right? But then we came to our senses by the grace of God when we came to Christ and we committed our lives to Him. And these things need to be taught to others as well. And we need to be the type of person that is, first of all, living it ourselves and then allowing others to see it within us and teaching it to them, right? So like I said, we have choices, God has given choices, right? Uh, Love is kind, we know. That's what, and God is love, right? God is love, and He's given us choice to love ourselves, or not to love ourselves, but to be loving people. Love is kind. Love is not self-seeking, right? God doesn't force His will upon us. He offers us the choice to serve Him or not. He offers us the choice to live out love, to live out kindness. And He he hasn't left us powerless, right? He has given us His Holy Spirit through our faith in Jesus Christ. And when we walk in the Spirit, the Bible says we do not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Okay, So that's another litmus test. Are we living in the flesh or are we living in the Spirit? It's very evident that we're not being led by the Spirit if we are living in the ways of the flesh. When we walk in the Spirit, there'll be love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Again, we grow in our knowledge of the Lord, and then we teach others to walk in Him as well. So, it's Mother's Day 2017, right? And of course, it's a wonderful day to speak words of kindness and love to your mother if you have a mother still on the earth, right? And uh, a happy and a blessed Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. But let's not forget to honor mom every day, just as we cannot forget to honor our Lord God with each and every day. And also to honor and to esteem all other people that we encounter on a daily basis. And of course, we honor our Lord God in the practical sense by praising Him, by showing adoration to Him and giving thanks to Him, right? And then secondarily, we we honor our God by living in a manner that displays we have the knowledge of Him. The life we live will honor God, right? 
people will be able to see the love of God in us. Jesus said in John 15, 12, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. So Jesus set the standard. This is how we are to love one another. Now I want to have you look another time with me at the book of Psalms, Psalm chapter 19. Psalm chapter 19. Because we can put all this out here today. We can talk about all these things today. In the practical sense, though, we have to live it. And we have to, to find the way to, to be seeking the Lord so that we do draw nearer and nearer to the Lord and, and walk in His ways. And in, in Psalm, 14, uh, Psalm 19, excuse me, verse 14, it says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. So I encourage you this week to to meditate, to think deeply, that is, on that verse of Scripture this week, and to make it your prayer to God that He will allow you to grow to a place where the things that you say, the words that come out of your mouth, right? And, and the things that you ponder in your heart, that these things will always be acceptable to the Lord, right? It is of the utmost importance that if you profess faith in Jesus Christ, that you live in this manner, that you live out love, that you live out kindness, and that we seek to be good and to have joy and peace and gentleness, Right, that we're known for the fruit of the Spirit. Right, again, if you ha- still have a mother on the face of this earth, then it would be a good day to put these things in practice toward her. And for those of you that are listening to the recording of this teaching, um, then don't worry about the fact that this may not be Mother's Day when you're listening, because it is the day that the Lord has made, and it is a day of a new beginning and God's mercy is new every morning and we need to go out and we need to live love today live out kindness today right if you've come to Christ then we need to live like it and if you've not come to Christ and you're hearing this teaching then this is the day of your salvation you can rejoice in the Lord that is you can cry out to the Lord in repentance, and you can call on Him, and He will in no wise cast you out. He loves you so that you can love Him. He desires to indwell all of us by His Holy Spirit and to change us from the inside out. And we need to be people of praise today, kind people, tender-hearted people. Why? Because we see it in the Word of God. And if we profess that this is indeed the Word of God, then it's the Word of God to us. And it needs to start with us, those that profess faith in Him. It needs to begin with us that we are this kind of people. We've, we've skimmed through many scriptures today. And again, I really encourage you to, to go back and look at some of these scriptures and just meditate on them and seek the Lord. 
and allow the Lord by His Spirit to, to mold you and to shape you into the person that He wants you to be. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God, again, we thank You for Your Holy Word. God, it is written. It is what it is, God. Sometimes it, it cuts, it, it, it reveals, it corrects, it reproves, it rebukes us, Lord. But Your Word shows us the way. And Lord Jesus, You are the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through You. Our access to the Father is through You, Lord. So we thank You, Lord. We praise You for all that You have done, that You died on the cross for us, Lord. We give You thanks that You were buried, that on the third day You rose again. We give You thanks, and that You ever live to make intercession for us. We give You thanks, and we thank You that You are coming again, Lord. Let Your Spirit rule and reign in our lives, Lord. And may we yield unto you. May we make the choice this day to serve you and you only. To leave all else behind. To leave all the other gods behind. All the vain philosophies. All the things that have been, you know, rooted and grounded in our minds, Lord. All these philosophies of the world and such, Lord. May they all just fall away, Lord, and may we become people of your word that diligently seek after you and desire to live in your way. Lord God, again, we thank you for this time together in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.